This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hey, welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm Robbie Lashua. I'm here with my co-host, Tyler Hurley. How's it going, Tyler? It's going great. Good. Uh, We are super excited to be back this week. We're going to be kind of pushing on the topic we discussed last week, and we're going to be refreshing you guys on abortion apologetics. Yeah, we had Seth Gruber on a couple weeks ago, and we talked about abortion uh, and and the pro-life movement. Then last week, we talked about uh, should Christians be a single-issue voter, and the the big answer was, well, it depends on the issue, and if it's abortion, yes. Uh, (laughs) And if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. But today, what we want to do is we want to get into apologetics. How do you talk to people about abortion? What are evidences and arguments that you can help them to see and convince them that the pro-choice ideology, pro-abortion culture is wrong and we should change it? So that's what we're going to get into today. But before we do that, this is Christ Culture and Coffee. We start with the most unimportant thing first, which is (laughs) the coffee tip before we get into the meat. But we have a coffee tip today. I I don't know if we've said this enough to you guys in a while. But but the reason we're called Christ culture and coffee is because that's in order of importance. Yes, like that's that's the whole idea here. So yeah, yeah, we love coffee, but least important on the topics we discuss. It is, of the things we discuss. Yes. However, in the other things we don't discuss in life, it's probably more Although, important than most. I wouldn't most. say least important because of all the things we discuss. We, we've discussed yeah. some things that weren't yeah. as important. Coffee's a big deal because if it wasn't for coffee, a lot of other people in my life wouldn't like me at all. <laughs> and they'd be harmed. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I really true. think I'm not addicted to coffee anymore. I think coffee's addicted to me. Ooh. So wow, that's, it a, keeps that's finding a quote it, right there. It keeps finding its way into my life. Okay. It's very odd. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I like it. I like it. All right, so you got the coffee tip for today, Tyler. Yes. What is it? What's this the coffee tip? This is very patriotic, very American. Do you want me to sing God Bless America behind it please, while you're saying it? Please, please. <laughs> no, our audience wouldn't appreciate that. No, I don't think they want to hear that. No, yeah. they turn it off immediately. Yeah, just skip, fast forward a yep. few. So, so this is about the Boston Tea Party. Now, what's interesting is some of you may know, obviously, what happened with the Boston Tea Party, right? Uh, a tea tax was imposed by the British government in mm-hmm. 1773 which not only led to the raid on tea shipments in the Boston Harbor, but it also led Americans to completely dropping the idea of drinking tea in general, and they just switched to coffee. Amen. We don't need your dirty British tea. We needed the dirty And listen, for those of you listening in the United Kingdom, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) We do have a lot of listeners in the UK. I know, I know. You know what? We love you guys, but... God bless the USA and yeah. God bless coffee. I love coffee. Yeah. And I'm glad, yeah, that was one of the things <laughs> that made us switch to drinking yes, it is. coffee a lot. It yeah. is. And so that's actually one of the big cultural shifts that happened in the US. And so as of now, the United States consumes more coffee than any other country in the world. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, you know what? We're just still spitting in the face of the Redcoats back, back in the back day. Back in the day, the, t- the tyranny. Like, no. yes. Yeah, we're like, we care more about our coffee than your British tea. That's true. Yeah. However, so however, I wonder how much uh, tea Americans consume because people still drink tea. <laughs> oh yeah, I drink <laughs> still tea. Happens. I drink tea. Yeah. A lot. Oh, and the truth comes it's out. True. I drink coffee more. I had than a nice tea. tea yesterday. So yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I expose. <laughs> Don't, only God can judge me. Isn't that the statement? Oh, just that should scare you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It actually does. Go. So well, that's the coffee tip for today. Yeah, kind of a weird cultural shift in America as to yes. why we drink so much coffee versus tea was because of taxation mm. and the Boston Tea Party and that whole debacle that went down way back in 1773. Yes, so yes. If you go to Boston today, actually, I think they charge you if you want to throw tea into the harbor. I think you can like buy it for a price, but they you can't just go th- chuck it in. You get in trouble for that. Yeah. But so many people, <laughs> yeah. so many people, people want to do, do it. That, it's like yeah. a tourist trap where you can go throw tea. It is. Yeah. I think harbor. it's very patriotic. Yeah. Yeah. It's and you should drink coffee while you do it. If you you're should, doing it. Yeah. That'd be the best. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. What if you're drinking a British coffee? British. Yeah, that'd be that like defeat it. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about this before too. Like, hardly any coffee that we actually get grows in the U.S. Yeah, so it's yeah. like- Hawaii and California. <laughs> that's it. So. That's it. So. All right. Well, hey, let's move yes. on to the meat of the issue today. So, abortion apologetics. So, this is an important thing for you to understand as a Christian. When it comes to the abortion argument, all of the evidence is on our side. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like hyperbole. It sounds like something a politician would say. It's true. 
scientifically and philosophically, we have, the pro-life movement has all of the arguments. And that's why this is such an easy argument to win. It's such an easy thing to convince people of when you show them the evidence. Yeah, we both can attest to that. Like there's different experiences where we've had where um, if you walk people through these tactics and these uh, scientific evidences and arguments we're about to introduce to you guys, you will see that a lot of times it changes people's hearts and minds. I've on seen this it happen. Issue. Honestly, I saw when we, we we did a mission trip a few years ago where this was the goal. We went to the beaches of San Diego and to Balboa Park and mm-hmm. all over the place talking with people on the street about abortion. And they would say, oh, I'm pro-choice. I think that women should have a right to choose. We'd have a 20-minute conversation with them. By the end of the conversation, it was like 90% of people had changed their mind. More yeah. often than not, people said, oh, man, no, I'm going to vote differently. I'm going to think differently yeah. about this issue. And yeah. it's just because the evidence is so strongly in our favor. Yeah. So let's get into it. We're going to start off with the scientific evidence to why we believe the unborn are human beings and that they shouldn't be killed. Because that that's the whole thing, right, Tyler? The one question, and Greg mm. Kokel says this uh, all the time, Scott yes. Klusendorf with Pro-Life Institute, he says this, the one question you need to ask is, what is the unborn? Yeah, exactly. And right? that's the question. And so- it, Well, if it's a human being, then yeah. you shouldn't even think about killing it. Yeah, exactly. If it's not a human being, you don't even need to ask the question whether you should or shouldn't. Like nobody asks, like, should I remove an appendix or a gallbladder? Yeah. It doesn't matter, right? But if it's a human being, that's a little different. So is it a human? Is it not? We think it is. Yes. And, and so these are the evidences for how you can exactly. argue this. It is a human being. You should not be able to kill it. Yes, yes. And so one of the scientific reasons that we want to go over with you guys is the fact that the unborn is a living being. That's yes. a scientific reason of argument that we have It here. is living. It is living. Yes. yes. Well, how, how is that the case? How do we know that? Yeah, yeah. So there's three f- facts I want to go over here that uh, are these attributes that con- scientists say that they constitute towards a living being, mm-hmm. towards the unborn being a living being. Okay. And so that is any, number one, it's anything that exhibits irritability and or reacts to stimuli. Okay. okay? And a, a fetus does that? A fetus does that. A zygote does a, that? A zygote, an embryo, okay. whatever you want to call it, it does that. It yes. reacts to stimuli. It reacts okay. to stimuli. And that's the same case. The fetus does these other two facts All of them I'm about do. to yeah, yes. sure. uh, Anything that metabolizes, which is just converting food into energy, mm-hmm. that is also considered a living being. Okay. And anything that has cellular reproduction or growth. Yes. So so those three factors are scientific reasons where scientists agree that the unborn would be a living being. Okay. Yes. So point number one, scientifically, the unborn is a living being. Yes. Just like all other humans. That's correct. All right. Uh, The second point we want to talk about is that the unborn is a distinct being all right so it's living yes but it's also distinct it is not its mother's body often mm-hmm. you'll hear people say things like well it's my body it's my choice not your body no it's not it's your not. body um so that argument doesn't follow it's in your body but it is not your body and here's how we know that so at the moment of conception um, an egg with 23 of the mother's chromosomes mm-hmm. unites with a sperm, which has 23 of the father's chromosomes. We're taking you back to biology class, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it creates an individual living being that is not its mother and is not its father. The unborn is completely different from any cell in either of its parents. It's not its dad and it's not its mom. It's distinct. It's unique. The unborn has its own chromosomal fingerprint has its own heartbeat, has its own brain waves, possibly, uh, as often the case, even different blood types. Yeah, right? that's right. So just scientifically, it's not the same being as its mom. It's distinct. The unborn isn't the woman's body. It's distinct. And there's so many ways to think about it. I mean, think about if it's a male baby. Yeah. It has male sexual organs that the mother doesn't have. Yes. Right? That's right. Why? Because it isn't the mother. Yeah. <laughs> the distinct beings, okay? Um, when the baby's in the womb, this is this is fascinating to me. There is even a uh, uh, autoimmune response that happens mm-hmm. in a mom recognizing that the baby isn't her. Uh, and this is what happens. So the blood from the baby 
and the blood from the mom don't mix. There's a membrane um, that, that, that keeps that, that prevents that in the placenta, that presents their blood from mixing. Now, if that membrane gets broken down yeah. or there's leakage and the blood from the baby mixes into the mother's system, her body responds with an autoimmune response and attacks, get this, attacks the baby's blood as a foreign mm. body. Yeah, and you wonder why would biologically that happen? If it's the same, it's body, the same body, it wouldn't happen. No. But no. but the mother's body recognizes that the baby's blood is a foreign object. It's not her. Yes. So physiologically, it, our bodies recognize that the baby's body is not the same as a mother's body. My body, my choice is a terrible argument because it is in your body, but it is not your body. It'd be like saying, well, somebody's in my house so I can kill them. My house. No, <laughs> that's not true, right? My house, my choice. No, that's not true. They're a distinct human being. Because they're they're uh, they're a living mm. human being, like Tyler said. They're also distinct yeah. from the mother's body. They're different being altogether. And what about the third the third thing we see? Yes, the important. Third and this one almost factor. doesn't yeah. even like in my head. I'm like, we don't even need to say this, but you do need to say this in today's day. And you age. do. You have to tell people the unborn is a human being. And so now, living, yes. distinct, and what was that last a word? A human being. Human. It's yes, a human it's being. Human. Interesting. Now, now that's the thing, because you think this shouldn't have to be explained but people will say the unborn isn't a human being yeah so when, when they when they say that to you like i would just ask them then what is it oh like <laughs> like seriously yeah because the question. common the common thing i hear is it's it just a clump of cells right but i'm mm. like that scientifically that's not true we just went over several it's reasons not a why clump that's of not cells. no it's not it's not and then not only like so then the other question is what is it then is it a dolphin yeah. Is it a chameleon? Is it going to be like, like, what is it if, yeah, it's, if it's not, not a human, human being? Mm. Yeah. And so that's the question. So what's interesting that proves that the unborn is a human being, aside from just the facts that it's living and that it's distinct, the unborn has its own human DNA. So the DNA is human. Yes. It's not penguin. It's not penguin. It's not elephant. It's not. So like, it is a homo sapien in there. It, that's good well, to know. Not just homo sapien. It's like it's human. a yeah. direct he, yeah. human being. There you go. It's like that is the DNA. And so the law, also the law of biogenesis is all life comes from pre-existing life, right? Yep. And each being reproduces after its own kind, right? So we see dogs reproduce dogs. Yep. Uh, elephants reproduce elephants. Humans reproduce humans. Yeah. It's you kind of a law see, of nature. Yeah. Right? And so it's like if the humans are – you never really question, I don't think. People genuinely question what's going to happen when – like what's going to hatch out of the the eggs that an eagle lays, right? Sure. Or what, <laughs> what's going to come out of a pregnant elephant, you know? Sure. It's like – Well, even when my – because I have four no kids, right? No one questions right? that. So like yeah. every time my wife would get pregnant, the question is, is it going to be a boy or a girl? Right, right. I never had to think, is it going to be a lizard or – or a giraffe or a human. Yeah, right. Because yeah. the law of biogenesis is like begets like humans create humans. Yeah, exactly. And that's the case. And so to deny the unborn as a human, what people are really doing uh, is like they're denying the scientific evidence that's there. And so mm -hmm. what really they're trying to do is they're trying to explain how uh, the human is not a person. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. They're well, that's a to... new move because you can't yeah. – the science is so strong that it's a human being. So now they say, well, but it's not the same as us. It's not a person. And we're right. going to get into that. But one of the things that's interesting to me is for, for people to argue that it's not a human being, what they have to explain is this. And nobody, nobody ever even delves into this. They would need to explain how human parents can produce non-human offspring that later becomes human. That's a, that's yeah. a tough, like, what are you yeah, saying? Yeah, that's the question because uh, then the question becomes, okay, if it's not a human being, mm -hmm. but you know that at some point it becomes a human being. Where's that point? Where is that point? Yeah. It's not the magic of the birth canal that does that. And, no. and we know this because of how early 
like premature babies are yeah. can be born and survive out of well, the womb. And, if and we're the, like, okay, that's a human being. If it's the magic of the birth canal, what about C-section babies? Are they not human beings? I mean, there's yeah. just there's just it's it 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 is a human being because that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's not defined by the, by any of those things, which we're gonna get into those factors sure, later of what sure. defines. But scientifically, that, it's human. Yes. DNA wise, it's distinct from the mom. It's a living being, and it's a distinctly human being. It's not something else. Yes, that's. So so important to so, know. Like you were saying, going back to the idea of it being a person, right? That's that's the move a lot of people take now. Because you can't deny like back in the day, people would say it's just a clump of cells, because they didn't really know what's in there. But now with ultrasound technology and what we know of of the development of a fetus, we know it's human, right? Yes, we know yes. it has a heartbeat. We know when it has brave waves. We know I mean, and that's that's what it is. That's what it is growing into. It's metabolizing food into energy and it's having cellular development. It's yeah. growing. So um, you can't say it's not a human being. So the move is, well, of course it's human, but it's not, like you said, a person. Yes, that's so important to know. Now, okay, what, what does that mean, Tyler? That's the thing. They're trying to, I think what really, what it boils down to is they're trying to find a way to rationalize their worldview. Yes. Because really there's no, they don't have the evidence on their side that it's not a human being. It so is th- a human. It yes. is a human. So they have to remove its personhood. Yes. That's what you have to focus on here. Cause, cause that's what they're going to have to focus on. If they're trying to make the argument that abortion is morally permissible, that I can kill it. Yeah. yeah. I admit it's a human. I still want to kill it. Therefore I have to make it not a person. Yeah, so, as, it's, so it's not as mm-hmm. valuable as the rest of us. Exactly. So but it's the, human, yes. but not a person. But the problem is, is nobody explains what that is. How do you define, how do you quantify personhood? Yeah, exactly. And everybody how has different ideas of it. And we're going to get into the sled test later. But the scary thing is this. We've seen throughout history, people make this tactical move. They will say, well, listen, of course, Jews are human beings. They're just not the same type of important persons That's as us. Yes. We are more evolved than they are. Therefore, we can, uh, we've dehumanized them and said they're lesser than us. Yeah. Right? Therefore, we That's can what do whatever happened. we want to them or the mentally handicapped or the old or the, the, uh, the the Tutsis, right? That's what the Hutus did. You're you're not the same value as us, and this is what happens whenever you begin to make a value about a human being based upon anything other than what they are. Yeah, it devolves into dehumanizing those who are different from you. And the scary thing is that you can really begin to believe the lie that others are inferior to you. And once mm. you believe that idea, you'll do atrocious things to them. Because you've dehumanized. That's what we see throughout history. And that's the exact thing that's happening at the abortion debate. We admit they're human. They're just not as valuable as us as persons. Well, what's personhood constitute? Eh, well, we don't really know. Yeah, right? Wait a second. <laughs> like, you really should know if you're willing to kill other human beings over it. Yes. But, so yes. this is a scary move. And, and really it gets down to whoever is in power can determine what's important and what's not. And the vulnerable in yeah. society are the ones who literally get annihilated. Yeah, the weak, yeah. the the powerless, the helpless are the ones who get annihilated. So this is a really, it really comes down to might makes right. Because I am in this position of power, I can choose to kill you. My will be done, not God's will. Yeah, and not your will. <laughs> that's that's the thing. It just it becomes a power issue. Yes. That's really what's happening here. Yep. And so I mean, like. This is just the case. We've talked about this in other weeks before too. Like that, like it just—it's the the modern day genocide that's happening yep. right now. It is, yeah. and, and so we want to we want to look at a couple of ways, well, a few ways that people try to justify that the human being that is preborn isn't a human person. Um, so there's this really helpful um, apologetic method. It's called the SLED test, S-L-E-D, SLED test. For those of us in Arizona, we don't know what a SLED is because it's still 112 degrees out today. Maybe, yeah, maybe for yeah. that <laughs> But it's helpful to remember, SLED, S-L-E-D. So let's go through each one of these letters and talk about what it's for. So the SLED test. So the S stands for size. Yes. Some people argue that it's so small, it's insignificant. You can't even notice. Like women don't even know they're pregnant until a certain amount of time because the size of yeah. the baby, the size of the preborn is so small at a certain point. Well, the question is this. Does the fact that a fetus or a zygote is extremely small make it non-human? Because that's the question. Is it is it not right. a person because of its size? Right? Now, 
if size determines personhood and value, um, most people would be afraid because, to be honest, like, would you say Shaquille O'Neal is more of a human being than me? By this standard, there he's you a, go. He's I a couple, guess. yeah, he's a foot and a half taller than me. He's way bigger than me. His size is different, but are, are professional athletes, NBA players especially, more or less valuable because they're bigger than other human beings? We would say no. Uh, size doesn't equal value, right? A human person is valuable not because of how small or how large they are, right? but because of the type of being that they are. Yeah, that's It's that right. we are a human being that gives us value, not our size that gives us value, right? So is a human being who is pre-born smaller than most other human beings? Sure. Yeah, But is a right. four-year-old girl smaller than full-grown women? Of course. Of course. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they're not a human being. It just means they're at a different stage in life. Yeah, exactly. So size has nothing to do with personhood or with being a human being. Right. And now now the next part on the sled test is L, right? Level mm-hmm. of development. So the question with that that you want to propose is, does the fact that a fetus is at a certain developmental stage make it non-human, mm. right? It, it, is it just because that's an argument that comes up a lot. People will say, oh, uh, it's not a human yet because it hasn't fully developed into a human being. It hasn't yep. developed all the attributes of a human being. Yeah, even when we talked with Seth Gruber a couple of weeks ago, he was saying, you know, people will say, well, it's not a human person until it can feel pain. Yeah. First of all, where do you make that rule up from? Right. Like, yeah. who, who decided that, right? <laughs> and secondly, like he said, there are people who are, are, are post-born who don't feel pain. Exactly, So are they yeah. not human beings? Are they not human beings? Or, or other questions is like just people who are not just lacking development but missing other parts of the human body, right? And sure. whether you're born with a, a, a disability where you're maybe – I mean it's rare but it happens where sometimes you could be born without a limb sure. or something like that or living and you're, you don't – and you have to have like your arm amputated. Does yeah, that make or, you less of a human being because you can't function? Or you have like a that? traumatic brain injury. I, I yeah, met a guy, yeah. seriously, a couple weeks ago he came here and he had this dental accident, got infected, and it caused wow. brain damage. I have a friend yeah. who he got in a car accident and it caused permanent brain damage. So are they not humans because their developmental level has been stunted and, and defected? Or are they still humans because that's what they are, right? Yeah, that's the question. That's the question. Yeah, it's such a good question. And so living things do not change from one kind of being to another just based on their development. Because that's the mm-hmm. other question you have to ask. If it's not fully developed into a human being, mm-hmm. and if it's missing these four parts and functions, what is it? Yeah. That's Seriously, that's sure. the question. What is it? Yeah. Because at that point, you know that, I mean, I'm just being real here. It's not the egg anymore it's not the sperm it's not mm-hmm. like it's its own individual fertilized embryo yeah so so it's its own entity so what is it you well, can't say that because it doesn't have these attributes yeah that it's not a human being well and the other thing is this is is okay tyler do you remember stuff from last week yeah sure do you do you remember things from two years ago yeah do you I remember things so. from 10 years ago probably yeah. do you remember things from 15 years ago yeah from when you were a little kid because you were you the whole time Yeah, that's right. You never became you. You never became a human person along the way because of a developmental stage. Even when you were small, even when you couldn't talk yet, even when you were prepubescent, right? Like all of those things, you were still you. Yeah, it doesn't change. Level of development, you're right, has no bearing on whether a person is a person or whether they're a human being. Yes, that's absolutely right. So S, size, L, level of development, E in the sled test is environment, right? And this one I think is probably the stupidest that gets argued, right? Um, They say, well, because it's in the womb, because it's pre-born, it's not a person. It's not a human. Um, A fetus definitely is located in a very specific environment. Yes. There's no doubt about that. And a uterus, that's a very specific place, right? But does the fact that the unborn is in a certain environment mean that it's not a human person, right? That's the question, yeah. Does location determine personhood? No. Does location determine value, <laughs> right? If you cross over uh, – we have listeners up in Canada, right? If I cross the, the, the border from, from the USA into Canada, am I no longer a person because I'm not in the same environment? 
If I roll over at night on my pillow and I'm in a different location or different environment, does that mean I'm no longer a person? If I go up the Grand Canyon or down, like yeah. it's such a stupid argument. Now, sometimes people talk about viability with this, right? They'll say, well, listen, like the, the baby's really dependent on the mother and we're going to talk about degree of dependency. Mm -hmm. But they'll say it's such a specific environment in there that uh, that until they come out and they're breathing in the same environment as the rest of us or whatever. This yeah. is something interesting. So today my mom is leaving uh, to go to Cozumel or Cancun to go on a scuba diving expedition because she scuba dives right. all yeah. the time. She's been around the world scuba <laughs> diving, right? Now think about this. My mom puts on uh, a mask and flippers and an air tank and a regulator and she goes way down in the bottom of the ocean into an environment where she's not viable without the aid of a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, that's right. Is my mom not a human being when she's on the seafloor? No. But Tyler, it's a different <laughs> environment, man. It's a totally different environment. That's that's exactly, that's how silly it is. Like people don't yeah. realize this because it, it just becomes to changing around morality based on your worldview. That's yeah. what they're doing. It's yeah. like excuse after excuse. It's trying to justify the killing of human beings turns into nonsense. Exactly. Because the examples that Robbie, Robbie just gave here seem laughable. Mm -hmm. But that's because they are. Yeah. They are laughable. What's and, the difference you, between being in a womb or out? There's no difference. There's no difference. For personhood, right? For personhood, yeah. yeah. And because the thing is too, like we, I just mentioned this a little bit ago, uh, like the fact that we can save premature babies like way before their due date mm -hmm. and that they can survive outside the womb, but yet it's okay to abort some that are still in the womb up until the point of birth yeah. by some people's definition. Sure. Then what? where is the point where it becomes a human being because – it's change in environment apparently doesn't matter in that sense. No, and so what, what yeah. happens is it comes down to I decide whether it's a person or not. Yeah. I decide whether it's a human being or not. So it's not given what our country's founded on. Right. Like we, yeah. we determine that these are self-evident truths, a right to life, because it's a God-given determination. Now yeah. we've placed ourselves in God's place and say when a human being is a person or they're not. Yeah, and the, the pro-choice movement is popular right now. Yes. And that's why this is happening. And that's, it's just because people are making themselves into God. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, exactly it's really, I happening. determine when this is or isn't, which is not, Yes, uh, it, it has no evidence, but it's also just a disgusting place to be. Yeah. So, so, so sled test, size, level of development, environment. And then degree and then the of dependency. That's yep. the D on the sled test, degree of dependency. So that's kind of bleeding into what Robbie was talking about with his mom scuba diving, right? Mm -hmm. It's does a person uh, does is a person a human being dependent if they're dependent on something else for life support, right? Yeah. So is the baby in the womb not a human being because it's dependent on the mother still? It's dependent on nutrient sure. nutrients and oxygen and oxygen, yeah, and right? Yeah. Right. And then this somewhat bleeds into degree. Uh, um, not just degree of dependency, but also a level of development, which sure. some people will argue that because they're saying what stage is it at where it can depend on itself. So it's degree of dependency. Uh, like that's the question. People will say that the unborn are not human or a person worth saving because they're not fully in a place of dependency. They can't mm -hmm. live on their own. They're, they so they're not viable. Yeah. They're not and the viable. the question always becomes, well, what is vi like, what do you mean by viable? Yeah, yeah. And so that's Like able question. to get a job? Is right? that viability? Because there's 12-year-olds who don't do that. Yeah, and then, or the question of, well, are they able to eat on their own? Because some people can't do that who are outside the womb yeah. of all stages of so life. So are they not a person? What about, what about this? Like, I'm pretty dependent on air. Yeah, H2O and 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 oxygen are kind of a big deal to me. So yeah, am I yeah. not viable because I'm dependent on water and air and food? Yeah. Or what about people in a coma? Right. Yeah. What about who are, yeah. people who are in a coma state where they're asleep, they're unconscious, and they can't help themselves? Mm -hmm. They're dependent on other human beings. And other machines. And other machines for life. Yep. In some, in, in extreme cases for How many a long people time? through COVID were dependent on a ventilator? A lot so of when people. you were on a ventilator, were you not a human being? That's, that's, by this logic, <laughs> you would have to say, <laughs> no, now you again, weren't. Everyone would say that's nonsense. But for some reason, people think it works when it comes to the unborn. Yeah, exactly. So why is it that when a baby is dependent on the mother's womb, mm -hmm. we say, no, that, that's not a human being? Mm -hmm. 
It just doesn't add up, right? It doesn't. And to be honest, man, like I've had four babies. They're pretty dependent on the mother when they're out of the womb yeah, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like it doesn't change much at all, right? Yeah, and people, no one's going around saying we should kill living toddlers or human beings. Yeah, sure. But, right? But, but a but week ago, a you human could've. being in the womb. Yeah, yeah. sure. It's crazy. Right, so yeah. the sled test helps you to point out those are the four main categories of how people will try to justify that the unborn isn't a human being or a human person. Yeah. And that'll help you to, to really navigate them and say, okay, let's talk about size. Let's talk about level of development. Let's talk about environment. Let's talk about degree of dependency. If you remember a sled, S-L-E-D, it'll really help you to be able to navigate because all the arguments really come down to those types of things. And you always want to be taking the question yeah. back to what is it? Is it a human or is it not? Is it a human or it's not? Because if it's human and a person, which is the same, we shouldn't kill it. If it's not, why do you keep trying to justify killing it? Because I've never heard anybody make these arguments about having their gallbladder removed. Right, yeah. Because we know they're not the same thing. Yeah. We know they're not the t- same type of thing. Yeah, and then at that point, when they can't argue scientifically, that's where it starts to become emotional arguments, right? Yes. Which, that's what we're about to get into. Well, and, and it becomes, yeah. well, I've got issues in my life yeah. that justify killing a human person, such as, you know, well, I just can't afford it right now. Okay, time out. So if you had a two-year-old that you couldn't afford, could you just kill it? Well, no, of course not. Well, what's the difference? It's not a human being. Okay, well, let's talk about sled test. Is it a human being or not? What makes a human being? Well, that's the thing. No one will go and kill their two-year-old. Like, that's the thing. If if they had... Let's just think of a scenario. Like if you ended up having your baby, right? Mm-hmm. And then a couple years down the road, you're like, oh, shoot, I'm not going to be able to pay the bills because I can't feed this or, kid. Or, oh, shoot, I want to go back to college and get a degree to better myself in the future. Or, oh, shoot, I already have too many kids. Or, oh, shoot, the dad's not around. Or let's yeah. name all, all of the things people use as excuses. Yes. 99% of the excuses are those types of things. That's absolutely true. Statistically, those are that's the reasons. True. People, those are the it's reasons. just inconvenient time. It doesn't fit into my life right now. Would you kill your five year old because of those reasons? Well, no. No. What's the difference? It's not a human. Actually, let's go through the sled test. It is a human being. The science says it is. The philosophy says it is. It's human. So we should not kill human beings for for excuses like that. Right. Right. Now let's get into some of the harder reasons people um people abort their babies and these arguments are emotionally Mm -hmm. charged and emotionally difficult but logically the same things apply to these arguments as do the others all right yes and i've I've talked with people a lot about this because this is where it gets tough let's talk about rape incest or risk to the life of the mother okay so these again are highly emotional and when people bring these types of issues up, the, f- the first thing you've got to remember is you're talking with a human being. And if we're pro-life, we should be pro-all life. Yeah. And, and you want to care about those human beings, right? So if they are the product of incest or they know somebody who's the product of incest, that's a tough issue. If they have been raped or know somebody who's been raped, that's a tough issue. And the first tactic should be to make sure they're okay, not to win an argument about abortion, Right. So yeah. uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break into talking about, uh, talking about rape. So f- first of all, only 1% in America, only 1% of abortions are performed because of rape and incest. So one yeah. of the tactics I like to use is if somebody brings this up and I say, listen, um, if I grant you that abortion is okay for rape and incest, which I don't believe – But I'll say just tactically, okay, just for sake of argument, if I say, okay, I'm all right with that, will you vote against abortion for the other reasons given? They will almost always say no. Yeah, because 99% of the abortions done in America aren't for rape and incest. So if we could just get that law changed, are you kidding me? Yes, that would be amazing. So that's a tactic I use is would you be okay if I admit this, will you vote against the others, right? Yes. So the but we do have to deal with the one percent. Yes, so of course. When it comes to rape, again, the first question you should ask a person who brings this up is, "Hey, let's throw the argument aside because I care about you as a human being. Have you been raped, or did somebody you know 
you know, has, has this happened to you? Because I, I want to care about you as my fellow human being. Um, yeah. And if they say no, you go on. But if not, you talk about it. You ask, man, was the guy caught? Like, have you, do you need any, like, counseling? Or how can I help you? How can, can I pray with you? We want to do care to human beings because we care about all life. So that's always the first tactic when this gets brought up. Mm. Ask them, has this happened to you? Now, if they're just using it for sake of argument, then you move on to talk about why it isn't justifiable to kill a human person because of rape. Yes. Right? Justice justice would be the rapist getting caught and imprisoned. Yeah, that's right. That's justice, the person who did the crime, right? So this is how this is how the argument goes. Uh, can you justify killing the child of a criminal for the crimes that the father committed? No. That makes no sense. We don't yeah. do that. That's injustice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can't punish a kid for the crimes his dad did. Yeah, a kid can't help what happened to him into him being born no. and impregnated. No, you can't do that. Now, there's a really strong argument. Some people will say, so you're telling me that a woman has to give birth to the baby of her rapist, and that kid's going to look like their dad, and they have to look the face of, look in the face of their rapist every day of their life. And live with that trauma. That's what I've heard that so many times. It's a really emotionally yeah. charged argument. You got to come back to you and say, listen, can you kill somebody because of the crime that their dad committed? Yeah. And that then, is unjust. And then the other factor I would give into that is, is honestly, if it came to the point where the mother was very upset to, and the kid did end up looking like mm-hmm. the rapist, you could just give the kid the baby up for abduction. Abduction. Yeah, abortion is yeah. not the only option here. You can uh, you can have them given up for adoption. Yeah, right? yeah. I and mean, they, you don't so many have other to. Ways. You don't have to raise the child of the, the person who raped you. No, you don't. You don't. Uh, you but should. you also don't have to execute them for no. the crimes of their father. No, and I don't think you have like I don't think you should go through with an abortion just because of the s- situation in that case. Because yeah. the thing is, is if you can't raise them and if you can't afford it whatever your excuse is from being raped mm-hmm. adoption that's yes. that's always yeah the case that's always yeah. that's always uh, a viable option so yeah so the rape argument again is emotionally charged but it's not different logic from from the other arguments that we've we've seen so. yeah yeah it's not and then not only not to mention again i just want to keep hitting that point that majority of the time that the rape argument is used is just to justify the other 99% of what's happening. Which it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but then I also want to touch on incest a bit more. Uh, What's interesting about this is the argument from incest insinuates that because of a person's heredity, it's justified to kill them. Yeah, what does that sound like? It sounds like Hitler. (laughs) It does. That's legit what he did. He, he, because of the Jews and their heredity, and that to him they were an inferior race, yep. it was justifiable to kill them, right? Yeah. So, so that's the question. And not only that, again, we we don't kill someone over their genetics. We don't. No. That's the thing. Like we don't kill someone based off of who their parents were. Yep. We we don't kill someone based off of uh, what their skin color is. Mm-hmm. Well, we shouldn't, but people do that, yeah. and it's horrible. Yeah, and that's it's the terrible. thing that that needs to be thought about here. And so, when, and not only that. When you're dealing with the issue of incest in itself, too, this is even lesser of a percentage of abortion than the rape argument. It's a really small percentage. It's an extremely small percentage uh, to the point to where it it doesn't even make sense for, like, it to be a talking point in an argument because that's such a tiny percent of abortions that it's like, yeah, if we give you incest— and rape mm-hmm. and justify that we should be able to clear the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the question about it. And so some will argue that it's just filed to kill them through this because of physical formalities or maybe health issues. Yeah, right. Because incest t- typically inbreeding, right? It, yeah. It makes yeah. the babies deformed and have real problems. Exactly. And it's true. It does. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it does. But the fact is, is do we kill people based off of them having physical problems or disabilities throughout their life. No, we don't. And what does that bring us back to? 
the sled test. So is it not yeah. a human being because it has a deformity? Is it not a human being? Like we were talking about how like Iceland yeah. has declared we have cured Down syndrome, but they, it's only because they abort every Down syndrome baby. Yeah, yes. They haven't cured That's it. That's true. They've, they've annihilated these people. They've, they've committed genocide against these people. Yes, it's absolutely terrible. It is. It'd be like saying we've, we've eliminated criminals or crime in our country <laughs> because you just killed everybody who ever committed a crime. You didn't eliminate crime. You eliminated the people, right? Yeah. Uh, and the, the sad thing is, is that these babies are innocent. They've committed no crime. They've yeah, they've done, they've nothing, done nothing. And they're being punished for something that they had no control over. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's not just, pun- it's the ultimate punishment, right? It's death. Mm-hmm. They're being killed for it. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, rape and incest, those arguments, again, emotionally charged, disgusting, vile, However, yes. logically, the same logic follows. If it's a human being, you can't justify killing it for these reasons. Right. Now, when it comes to risk of a mother's life, this is where it gets a little interesting, and it's a different moral issue. Right. Now, there's there's a ton of debate, and this I have to say this up front. There's a ton of debate on will it for sure kill the mother? Because there's some physicians who just view abortion as a really great tool to help you in your right. life. And so sometimes they'll push on you, look, it might be a little risky, so you probably should just kill it. Now, that's not the same as it really has a huge risk of, of you losing your life. Yes. Okay? But we're saying in the case of for sure you will live or the baby will live. Right. Right? Uh, when it comes down to those types of things, how do you choose? Now, mm. there are times where a mother says, I'm willing to give my life in order for my child to live. Which yeah. I think sounds a lot like Jesus. I'm not saying you have to do that, but it's self-sacrificial, yeah. right? Love gives up your life for mm-hmm. for others. Like that's beautiful. So there's nothing wrong with that. There are situations though, like an entopic pregnancy, right, where yeah. the, the baby is fertilized, but the egg is in the fallopian tubes, and and, and it hasn't attached to the uterus. So the baby is going to die. Yes. No doubt about it. It cannot grow mm-hmm. in the fallopian tubes, right? That actually happened to my aunt. Yeah, it's happened yeah. to a lot. It's it's kind of common. It is, yeah. So so, so here's, here's the thing. But if the baby continues to grow in there, mm-hmm. even though it's going to die, it could also really damage the mom and kill the mother. Yeah, and that's the case. Uh, like, it comes to a point where it's like, okay, well, the baby's going to die. And that's scientifically For sure. verified. For sure. Yes. Yeah, but if we just allow it to continue to grow, you'll it both die. It could kill the mother, yeah. When you're in that kind of a situation, um, and, and I've talked with people, I remember I've talked to people here at the church about this, where they've been in that situation, mm-hmm. and they just feel so much guilt over choosing to uh, to eliminate the entopic pregnancy, to kill yeah. to kill that fertilized egg in the fallopian tube so that the mother can live. But he- here's here's the moral dilemma that you're having with that. Like that's a horrible situation to have to be in, mm-hmm. right? And it's because we live in a broken world with sin. But when you're in that situation, the choice is allow two people to die, or choose to allow one of them to live. Yeah. So am I gonna am I gonna choose to let two die or am I gonna choose yeah. to let one live? Right. Well, now of course this is a tougher choice than like uh, most situations because you're you're actively killing a human being in this case. And yep. we're, but it's to save the life of another who to save the life of a human. Yes. Being. So the choice is let two die or let one live. Yep. Now again, it's a really hard choice to make, but the moral, the 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 the, the right moral choice to make is to let one live you choose yeah, like yeah. we talked about last week you choose the greater good in a really bad situation mm-hmm. you choose the greater good um and so I, if people if you've gone through that out there i don't want you to feel guilt over it it's a horrible position to be in it's a moral dilemma for sure but you choose oh, yeah. you choose the greater good and you know that there's grace from god and you know that there's um mercy from him and that um, he, he's going to take care of things and he's good. And um, again, I don't know what your theology is on what you think about the unborn and going to heaven. I, yeah. I think that they do. And I think that, that they're with the Lord and I think that you'll see them one day. But that is a different scenario than 99.9% of the abortions that take place in our country yes. that are done for uh, convenience, finances, uh, family planning. I have too many kids. 
I don't want it, not the right time of my life. Those are the majority of reasons given for abortions, for elective abortions in our country. Yeah. Rape and incest account for 1%, and then the risk of life to the mother is a very rare yeah, like, uh, situation. Like, and that that's the, the argument that you want to think about there too in this situation. Because majority of cases, when you are hearing these arguments— mm-hmm. It's because people are trying to justify the other ninety nine percent, and yeah. so that we really want to hit home on that. It's almost and like so, saying it's almost like saying no one should drive a car ever again because sometimes drunk drivers kill people. Yeah, that's it's the like, same wait logic. A second, you're trying to justify ninety nine percent of things being okay with this one thing over here. That doesn't work. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. But seriously, think about it though. If I would be okay for now with starting off with just allowing rape, incest, and uh, atopic pregnancies, life of the mother, to be the only cases for abortion. Not because because it's right. Not because it's right. Because statistically, that would bring down the abortion numbers from a million a year to what? A couple hundred, if that? Yeah. If that, and that's, that's the thing, but no one wants to give you leniency in that area because they're trying to justify the other 99%. And it's so sad. And we went through the scientific reasoning of why the unborn is a living human being who is a person, right? Uh, Through the, went through the sled test. You can verify that the unborn is a living human being with its own distinct personhood, mm-hmm. and it should not be justifiable in any case mm-hmm. to kill the unborn. No. Well, and sometimes people act like that this this baby is an intruder. It's like yeah. a squatter in the womb of the mother, and it's come in and it's disrupted, and it's time out. Do we know how it got there? I'm pretty sure we know how this works at this point in our life, don't we? Yeah. You're right? married, right? Yeah. So okay, we know how this works. So I, I asked this this pro this pro choice um, uh, professor. Remember when we were in California? Yeah. She that's said, right. "I just really think that people should have a choice about what happens to their body." And I say, "I agree," but the pregnant woman already made the choice. She did. Yes. When she chose to have sex with whoever she was having yes. sex with, like yes. the choice was made because that kind of activity can lead to this kind of a consequence, this kind yeah. of a situation. So it's not like the baby just decided I'm going to, you know, be a parasite and yes. infect a person for no and reason. And that's why that's another reason why I think I like I'm a huge advocate of like not just from a biblical standpoint, but from like just a life standpoint that you should wait to have sex until you're married. Absolutely. Because if you don't and you're, you end up getting pregnant and you, you're not prepared. Mm-hmm. You, you aren't, you don't want to, maybe if you're having sex with someone who you don't want to marry yeah. and you end up having a kid together, that complicates things. Like you see so many issues yep. where this is, this is the root of the issue. You're yeah. making a poor decision about your sex life. And now, now the thing is a lot of people don't want to hear that. Well, but the truth it, of it is, but is it's that true. casual sexual, I was talking, I was, uh, there was yeah. a Facebook post from my mentor last week about this. And he said, yeah, the reason people want to think about it. I want to just have casual, meaningless, non-emotional sexual relationships that bring me pleasure. That's called really selfish. Yeah. And in order to keep that going, I'm willing to kill people. Yeah. That's, that's a, where we're at in our society. That's really what, really what it boils down to. That's yeah. what's happening. Yeah. You I'm know that's what's happening. to kill people for my own selfish lust. Yeah. 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 And that's that's in a lot of the cases here mm-hmm. of, of abortion cases. It's because people didn't plan on getting pregnant mm-hmm. because they had sex without planning ahead and yeah. being ready to have a, a child. And, and that's, that's one issue. of the detriments of our society. And I'm blaming all of you hippies out there for this because <laughs> truly the sexual revolution was a de- de-evolution. It was it was yeah. a detriment to our society. This idea that there's free love, no attachment. No, it's not true. It's harmed so many people, not just through abortion, but emotionally, physically. It's awful that idea to to separate the idea of procreation from sex completely is wrong now sex isn't merely about procreation but it is the activity that creates new life right we we can't be so stupid as to not think (laughs) that and there's a bunch of people out there who don't even think that that goes together no no and then they're surprised or shocked that all of a sudden there's this baby i didn't know how that happened really what they're saying really what they're saying when they say that i want choice over what happens with my body they're mm-hmm. more saying i want to have sex without getting pregnant yeah and if i get I don't pregnant want i want to terminate the to my pregnancy that's what's happening yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing 
as a society, we're allowing this to happen. Mm-hmm. We, we've passed legislation. We're, we're giving taxes to organizations that enable this for, to happen. Yeah. And so that, that's where it's becoming a real problem. And that's why we're seeing statistically and like mathematically, like roughly a million abortion cases happen per year. In our country. In our country. Yeah. Because of convenience. Because of selfishness. Because of selfishness. Yeah. People will sacrifice human beings in order to fulfill their lustful desires. That's where we're at. Yeah. And that's what we have to say. This is not mm-hmm. right. This should not happen. We can't just arbitrarily kill people out of convenience. That's yeah. that's what psychopaths do. But that's where we're at. But the lie has been convinced. And regular people are doing atrocious things because this lie has been told that this is what we do and this will help you and your life's important and your prosperity is what you should be all about and kill your own kid. And we don't have time to get into all of it, but even talking about how detrimental it is for women years, decades after they've yeah. had abortions, the physical problems <laughs> they get, the breast cancer that, yeah, that is yeah. prevalent, um, the emotional turmoil, the mental anguish, all of these things that really harm Arm people who aren't even Christians and they have abortions, mm. it messes you up. It and, does. And it also harms the dads too. It's it's such a big problem in our society. And as believers, we need to be about life because our God created life. He breathed the breath of life into us. He came to give us eternal life. He gave his life in order to ensure our eternal life. And we as his followers need to be pro-life and protecting the most vulnerable mm. in our society, which where we're at right now is the unborn. Yes. That's so so there's a couple of good resources on this. Um, I would highly recommend reading the book by Scott Klusendorf called The Case for Life, Equipping Christians to Engage the Culture. Uh, also another book uh, by Greg Kokel called Precious Unborn Human Persons. Highly recommend those. Uh, go to ProLifeTraining.com. Go to Abort73.com. Go to SethGruber.com. And then get involved. Last week I kind of um, I got a little animated and yelled at people. I didn't yell. But I was upset. If, if you care about this issue, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Get involved. Give to your local uh, uh, crisis pregnancy center. Mm-hmm. Give to your local Christian pregnancy center, right, wherever you're at. Here in Phoenix, cpcphoenix.org, newlifepregnancy.com, um, na- nationwide, savethestorks.com. Get involved and, and give your time and give money to this effort because yes. we are literally fighting for people who can't fight for themselves. Yes, yes. And uh, this is... This is a factor here. Like with these resources that we just listed here and the sled test and everything we talked about on this episode today, you can change people's minds. Mm -hmm. You can. I've done it before. Robbie's done it before. It's super easy because the thing is, is people are just uneducated. A lot of times people are uneducated and they don't understand uh, the implications of what's happening in the U.S. with abortion mm-hmm. or that the unborn is a human being. And all it takes is to just walk them through the sled test. And you see people, people's eyes will be opened. Mm-hmm. And through people getting involved and getting on board with this and sharing this information, uh, I really hope and I pray regularly that we can see abortion ended in the U.S. in our lifetime. I think that'd be awesome. And, and it's possible. It, it is. is possible. And so like, let's keep up doing God's work and let's share the truth about yep. what's happening in the country. Let's share the gospel and let's also be talking openly about how human beings have value intrinsically mm-hmm. just for who they are and not because they're just a clump of cells. Yeah, if you want to follow the commands of Jesus, you need to love your unborn neighbor. Mm. Loving them would mean fighting for them to live. Yes. Loving them would mean uh, taking some of the financial burden on yourself. Loving them would mean maybe adopting them. Loving them would mean doing something other than yeah. just posting stuff on your social yeah, media take about action it. and speak for those who can't. Yep, absolutely. This is true religion, taking care of orphans and widows in their distress. Mm. Jesus' brother said that. Yeah. James, that's in James. And we need to take that seriously. We need to be activists for life to love people who have made mistakes, to show that there's forgiveness and there's healing in Jesus. Mm. But man, to fight to save a million fellow Americans this year alone. Go out, make a difference, do what God has called you to do. 
Hey, thanks so much for being with us today on Christ Culture and Coffee. Tyler, it's been good to be back and yes. talking and getting into some of these issues. We hope this has been helpful. If you if you have been helped out by this, please rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us to get more notoriety so more people can hear this truth, so more Christians can be equipped, so we can change the culture, and we can go out and we can live on mission like Jesus has called us to. So please yes. rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook. We have a Facebook in- Insiders group that you can check out in the show notes. Uh, but we love to hear from you. We love to know uh, what you're doing. And if you have any success stories of changing people's minds about this yeah. issue, tell yeah. us. We would love to hear, hey, I tried the sled test. Yeah, that'd be and awesome. it actually works. I mean, it really does work. It does, yeah. So we'd love to hear from you. But hey, thanks so much for listening and watching Christ Culture and Coffee today. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.